Welcome to Aphesis Church Podcast Channel. If you're in Columbia, South Carolina area, we would love to get to know you better and for you to experience what Aphesis is all about. If you would like more information about us, please visit our website at aphesischurch.com. It is our prayer that this message truly speaks to you. God bless. Those are just two announcements I wanted to get out of the way. I'm excited again for what today brings. I know that uh, some of us uh, uh, are, are, are feeling this weekend. How many of you excited for Labor Day weekend? Well, listen, you, you'll even get more excited when I tell you, you guys all can have the day off tomorrow. All right? You're welcome. I'll give that to you. I gift that to you. Unless you're a pilot, unless there's some people who have to work in those days. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. We're going to read it. Now it came to pass, as they went, that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath let me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall which should not be taken away from her. Today I want to uh, preach to you this subject. You have one job. You have one job. Praise God. We're going to go to God in prayer and uh, ask God to bless us. And if you would bow your heads with me, dear God, thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you for this wonderful opportunity, God, we have today. Thank you, Lord, for the word we heard this morning, the encouragement, the the, the challenge to, to, to dive deeper in prayer. Lord, I want to seek you, God. I want more relationship with you. I want to know you more. I want you to know me more, God. I, I want to talk with you and all those things. God, and I pray even today, even through this word, Lord, unveil us and strengthen us and help us, God. God, I pray, help me, Lord, your, your preacher today, that your word take root into our hearts and our lives. God, we give you thanks. We give you honor. We give you all glory today. And in your name I pray, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Clap your hands unto the Lord one more time. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God, praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. High five somebody before you're seated. Well, <clears throat> praise God. You know, there are, there's a, a certain phrase, and maybe some of you have heard it before, uh, and it has a meaning, a meaning to it. And this phrase is used to express one's frustration that someone has failed at the main task they were responsible for, especially when that task is very easy and probably fundamental. You, if you're a parent, you probably understand this the most. You've given your child just one job to do, and then they do something crazy, out of the norm, and you look at them and you just say, you had one job. 
You just had one job. How many, can I get an amen from a parent? Have you experienced that? My Lord. <laughs> my, my, I, I, uh, my, where's my wife? She's not here. Good. So <clears throat> my wife, she had this moment where she wanted to touch up some paint, uh, some trimming, white trim paint. And so she went and bought some standard white trim paint. And of course, that standard white trim paint was not the same color as our trim. But of course, in the great color of spectrums, how do, how do we know that there's 1,000 whites out there? Okay? And so my sweet wife went to touching paint, right? And then I, I was up to my office and I come down and I just see spots. It's worse. It looks, it looks worse and terrible. And I, and I just look at my wife and I said, you just had one job. <laughs> just had one, one job. And so she really went to it. She actually got the right paint and she actually painted everything. It was, it was a bigger job than it had to be. But to really explain my point, I have a few memes because there's nothing better than showing some memes. So if you could put that first one. You had one job. If you could see the stairs are going down and they went ahead and set that handrail up. Look at that. Uh, uh, Olini. He had only one job. <laughs> Just one job. You had, if you could tell there, the, the, the mustard and the mayo are in the wrong place. That's it. All right, the next one. It's another one. Yeah. Sopped. Yep. And then, of course, this one. This is a good one. You had one job. Just keep it together, people. Keep it parallel. I, I, I want us to understand that this is the story that we opened up with. I, I, I bring us back to this place where Jesus comes into this house and uh, he, he gets this opportunity to sit down and to, and to really, in my opinion, take a load off a little bit, right? How often do we get to really read about Jesus relaxing and really having the opportunity to just sigh, maybe a, a breath of relief and say, okay, I, I, I'm done today. The Bible says that they went to this woman named Martha's house and there she had a sister named Mary. And in this moment, Mary is excited to see Jesus and she does something different than, than her sister. Instead of taking care of, you know, the dishes and taking care of the hors d'oeuvres or taking care of certain things in the house, Mary decides to get as close as she possibly can to Jesus. She wants to be at his feet and listen to him and, and be in his presence and be near to him in proximity. And Martha at this time, and if you understand this story, you can understand this story even better if you're a sibling. How many of you have a sibling relationship and you've been in this kind of scenario before and you had family come over and all of a sudden your parents tell you, listen, I need you both to act and behave appropriately and I need you to both help. I need you to make sure things are put together and, and those things. And all of a sudden you're in that atmosphere and one of those kids is not doing the same duty as the other kid. And all of a sudden that one kid goes to a parent, the parent, you know, there's always the parent, right? 
and says, so-and-so, my brother, my sister, is not doing enough. They're not doing this, 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 fill in the blank. And I don't know about you, but this is the house that I belong to. My two daughters will go toe-to-toe over the most ridiculous menial tasks. If one of them is asked to fold a towel a load of towels, it will, it will be a, a huge complaint the entire day that the other sister did not fold the same number of towels. It will get so, so petty and small, and, and it gets to the point that one sister will even decide, you know what, it's time to work, what a great time to take a restroom break and one of them will find the perfect moment to walk down the hall and the other sister will scream out oh perfect timing how great y'all all of a sudden you have to use the restroom huh and this just back and forth bickering over something so so very small and so we see this and Martha's in this position she is running back and forth into the kitchen and out into the living room and she's trying to you know make sure everything the the, the environment is set just right. She's trying to make sure that the drinks are filled up. The coffee is still hot and fresh. And she's going back and forth. And man, she's, she's tired. She's worn out. And there is Mary just doing nothing. Just sitting down on the floor. And Martha's like, this is getting ridiculous. Now what's so interesting about this story is that she is... Bible says that she's cumbered, that she's, that word cumbered means kind of bothered, troubled. It means kind of labored. It means that she's just worn out. And so she's tired and she, she, instead of like going to Mary, instead of going to her own sister and, and saying, can I speak with you in the other room? Right? Because in my opinion, I think it probably happened that way. I think she probably, even though it doesn't say it verbatim in scripture, but I guarantee she did one of those, those deals where she walked up and to serve Jesus. Oh, here you go. Oh, oh, excuse me, Mary. I didn't see you there. I didn't, my bad. Can I see you in the next room? Here you go, Jesus. Let me give you, do you need anything else? And Mary just looks up at Martha and rolls her eyes, just like my daughter did. So Mar- Martha goes back in there, and she's, she's doing everything she can. And finally, she gets to the point that, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to say something kind of, kind of smart alecky and just, I want to come out and hey, here you go, Jesus. Here's that hot cup of coffee. Oh, I'm sorry. It could have been a little bit more temperate and, and to a perfect temperature. If only I had some help. <laughs> Jesus, would you mind, would you mind releasing Mary? to come help me with some things I've got I've got and Jesus looks at at her and looks at the situation and understands obviously what's going on and Jesus makes it known he says Martha you are cumbered about very, very many things. There are there's so many things that you're troubled by, but this girl, this this the sister of yours, has chosen the needful thing, and she decided to be here right around me. She's decided to make sure that she doesn't leave my presence, and for that. I cannot release her. And for that, she's, she, whatever she gains will not be taken away from her. 
And there's this moment here where we learn on this Labor Day weekend that all of us are labor, that all of us have problems, all of us have struggles. And I'm speaking, I know I'm speaking to people who I know your personal situation. And I know that you're going through things. And I know that it's tiresome. And I know that it's cumbering. I know it's all those, all those things that Mary feels, that she has everything around, like she has to make sure this has to be served. And you have to do this. And I have moms in here that have to make sure that the lunches are made for the kids. And man, I got to make sure that I get up tomorrow, that I hear my alarm so I get my kids out the door and I can make sure I have dads who are like, man, I hope I hear my alarm tomorrow morning because I got to go to work. I, I can't afford to be sick. I can't, I can't take a day off. I, I have to keep going. I've got worries here and worries here. But I want us to understand as a church body and as a, as a labor force, if I can call us that for a second, we have just one job. And that job is to be close to him. That's it. Because here's the deal. And I know I'm not trying to shrug off and kick and, and set gasoline to all of our responsibilities. Responsibilities are always going to be here. And, and, and Jesus was not saying, listen, uh, throw away all your responsibilities. But he was saying, listen, at the end of the day, that you have one thing that's needful. You have one job to do, and that is to make sure you're with me. And so I speak to a labor force today that is tired. <laughs> and I'm with you today. I'm tired. I, I, I performed a wedding in, in like a thousand degree weather last night. And if, if some of you were there and watched me just sweat myself to death. And I'm, I, I didn't leave until 10 o'clock last night and come back to the church, set some things up. And, and I get it. And I had my sister and family in town. And so any little extra time that I wasn't doing preparing things, I was spent with them going there. I get it. Busyness is responsibilities are going to always be there. There's always going to be something that troubles us, that cumbers us, that takes up mind space and worry space and, and all those types of things. But Jesus does not care that sounds rough what you, you don't care of course he cares what he doesn't care is that there is anything that we put above him he does not care who your what your idol is he could care less what your what you think is the most priority in your life he cares what he cares is that he's number one and he cares that he's the center of your life. He cares that he is the focus of your life. He cares that you're worried more about seeking him than you're worried more about driving to your job. He's worried about the relationship you have with him rather than the relationship you have with this world. I know this is a weird type kind of way of saying it, but I just want to kind of I want to kind of make these abrupt statements to get the point across that that's the vast difference. When when the Almighty God spoken in the Old Testament and says, "Who's next to me? Who's who's beside me?" Who, I, I, he talks about how he created this and that, and he makes a point that how distant he is from anything else, and that's the same type of distance that we need to 
grab a hold of and understand that, yes, I've got laborious issues. I've got stress problems. I've got worries. I've got, I've got hurts. I've got pains. But let me just say, I'm cumbered by much, but I need to be to, next to him because that is my one job. That's my one duty. That's my one thing I need to do in my life. I, I, to get a better understanding of this, because I, I'm, I'm trying to speak to people today who are worn out and tired. Because what I understand is this, is that the way Scripture works, the way God works, is that he, he, he doesn't do things by our definitions. He doesn't, he doesn't work in our, uh, uh, our box of understanding, if I could put it that way. He's, he, we're, we're so minute with the way we believe and think in things. We're, our thoughts are so small compared to God's thoughts. We define things as certain things in certain ways, but God God, he's, he's outside the box. He's outside of time and dimensions and all those things. And so it's so hard for us to understand those things. But I'm trying to get us to understand when we're tired, when we're labored, when we're worn out, God has an answer for that. And the answer is really, really simple. Now take us to Matthew. If you put up my, my text there, Matthew, I believe it's, <clears throat> get to my notes here. Matthew 11. I just want to hear the first three words. Come unto me. I want to just stop right there. Come unto me. Because before we read the rest of it, that's the answer. And I want us to understand, if you came here to church today with a little heartache on, your, on, your, on yourself, and a little, a little just, you're just, uh, let's be honest, we got bills, we have mailboxes, we have, we have real problems. Here's the answer. Come unto me. Right. Come unto me. Let's go on. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Now that last text, that last verse, my yoke is easy and my burden is light, is the most confusing text today in today's, today's message. It makes no sense. It makes, how is a burden light? How is, how is a struggle easy? How is a yoke? And let me explain what that yoke is for some of us who may not know. That yoke was something they put on the oxen. Something that they would place on them and something that they would weigh on their necks and, and they would strap that, that yoke to them and then they would put weight on it or the straps of, of the cart or things like that. Now, it, it wasn't just the oxen. Also, people did it. They would take a board of some sort and they would hold it on their, on their shoulders and they would put uh, some, some weight on this side, some carry some other weight. They would balance that weight and they would trudge through through the neighborhood some of them also would you know have pails of water because we didn't back then they didn't have plumbing like we do today 
They had to go to the well every day and collect water. And so it was easier just to load up that yoke with some water and things like that and make those trips and those journeys. And, and so we see this labor. We see, and that's exactly how work feels like. It's I don't care if you're a student. I don't care if you work in an office or you're outside in concrete or in roofing. Let me tell you, you feel that yoke of pressure and labor and weight on your shoulders. You feel responsibility, and it's tiring, and it's wearisome. I don't care if you're if, if, if people think you don't work and you could be a stay-at-home mom, which that's a huge job. It's a real, real job. I, I, I wouldn't want your job. I'm telling you, everybody in here has a job. Everybody in here has a yoke. And he says, you, you, you have this yoke that you're so labored with. You have this responsibility, this weight on your back and your shoulders, and, and it's heavy. But I want you to understand, all you that are labored and heavy laden, you're labored and you're tired because of life and the struggle, and you still have the heaviness still attached to you. Come unto me, he says. Just come to me and I will give you that rest. How does he give me the rest? By the exchange of yokes. Now this is where it gets super interesting to me because that last verse, that if you could keep that verse up there, Brother Stephen. That last verse is so confusing because what is his yoke about? Why is his yoke easy and my yoke hard? And because it has a lot to do with that word easy, that word easy actually means fitted. It means it's like custom to your life. It's like it's, it's not just a, a general worldly yoke. It's not the pressures of the world. It's not that type of yoke that everyone carries around. It's a type of yoke that is framed for your body and framed for your soul and framed for your weakness. It's fitted with a guy who has a lip. It's fitted with a person who has an addiction. It's fitted with somebody who's going through marital problems. Do you see where I'm getting at? It's fitted to your situation. It's fitted to you because what the world does not care about is your situation. The world could care less that you have an addiction. The world could care less that, that you have special needs or there's an issue in your life. It doesn't care. It just whips that whip. That taskmaster of the world says it does not matter. Put the yoke on them. Keep on trucking. But what God says, I have put something different on you. I'm putting something that is fitted for your life. And not, not just this, it doesn't it get, think about it. And my burden, what I put on the yoke is light. Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring something to our attention here today because burden by our definition is not light. Burden by our understanding is heaviness. It's hard, and it's a struggle, because that's how we define it, and we're always going to define burden as that way. But when Jesus makes this point that this is my yoke, and this is my, my, my burden is light, let's explain what his burden looks like. When Jesus decided to come on this wonderful earth and to robe himself and to pay the price, it was a burden of, of carrying every sin, 
every single person's sin, injustice, ugliness, brokenness, hurts. His great, all our, all our griefs, all our infirmities, all those issues we have, family, mom and dad issues, hurts, past issues, issues that, that, that are go way in your past. There are people in here who have been uh, molested, those issues. I'm talking about people who have been done wrong. I'm talking about people who have done, uh, done evil things in your life. You carry those things, all those things that Jesus came to heal. That was his burden, to carry those things. But this is what's wild to me, because Jesus is not saying, you are going to carry that same burden. You're not, you're not called to carry someone else's sin. You're not, called to, you're, you're not called to carry your own sin. But what did he ultimately do? He died on the cross so that all can be forgiven. And that is the burden that he bears. It's a burden of forgiveness. It's a burden that you say, I'm, I'm, I gotta let that go. Man, <laughs> what does that mean? What does that mean for us? How, how does that work in our lives? It, it works this way. It's, you've gotta say, it's not worth my time anymore to be so upset about it. It's not worth me being so cumbered about it. It's not worth me being so troubled by the circumstances I'm dealing with right now when I have Jesus in my midst. I have Jesus in the room. I have Jesus in my presence. And why do I keep struggling with this weight? I've got to let it go. I've got to forgive it. I've got to give it up. I've got to get it off my back. I, I've got to let this thing go. This, this world wants to pressure us and, and, and shame you and make you feel guilty and ugly and wrong. But Jesus says, no, no, no. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Take on my burden. Take on my understanding of forgiveness. Take, take on those elements that says, you know what? This weight doesn't have to be carried by me anymore. We mess up that so badly, right? We, just, we, have, one, we have one job. <laughs> we have one job, and we convolute it and we overthink it and we, we take these things over here and these responsibilities over here and we, we make work of them and we the one job we're supposed to do is to come and draw near to him and the, that's the job that's our duty in understanding that that it, it makes no sense right it's, it's outside of our understanding but it wouldn't be supernatural if it didn't we're, this church is not ha handing out natural answers to problems. I hope you know that. Right. I, I appreciate everyone being faithful to church today, but this church is not a natural uh, a remedy fixer. This church needs to be a supernatural remedy fixer. It needs to be above, above our understanding. It needs to be above, above our, our, our what we can really grasp and understand. Our answer needs to like knock us back and say, how is that even possible? How do I have a peace that passes all of my understanding? I don't get it. I, I don't get how that could happen. Why? Because that's Jesus is supernatural. He deals in the supernatural. And that's what we need to understand. The way we work needs to be supernatural. 
It needs to be a way where we say, we don't go to work anymore and say, I'm done working. That's not what I'm saying. That's actually the word, the word of God tells us to go this, you know, the second mile. Work harder than anybody else. You're like scratching your head like I do. Lord, you just said if I'm late, if I'm worn out and labored and heavy laden, you this you're not helping me here. Yes, he is. He's helping us with with the work of our mind and our spirit. Let me tell you what, my I've learned this about me. My, as every year I grow older, this body can't do as much as it used to. I wake up with different sounds. Joints make noises I've never heard before. Shoulders say, nope, you're not going to work today. And I wonder, what happened yesterday? What did I do? I have, I have scratches on my hand. I'm like, what ha how did that even happen? I ask my wife sometimes, what did you do to me last night? I'm like, what's going on? This, and I'm realizing this age, that this age has, 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 has does things. It, it's real. It, it breaks things down. And, 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 and too much, my young mind used to be like, just work through it. Just push yourself through it. You did it before. You've done, this is how we've always done it. But God's trying to reprogram me. He's trying to get us to understand that, no, 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 you've got to depend on me. It ain't, it ain't always about the physical and all those things. And yes, he'll give us strength for the physical, but it's about the mental aspects of our mind that we have to really work on. And we have to understand that, man, we can outwork anybody if, our, if we have a mind to work. scripture about that when they were building that wall that's what they needed more than anything it wasn't materials they had old materials they had they had uh, an old old relic of a wall and rubble and stuff they had that but what they needed the most was a mind to work a mind that says what what god gives me we can put brick on brick that's the same way with the labor we have today. Whatever we're going through, and I'm here to really encourage somebody today, that someone came to church today and said, man, I don't know how tomorrow's going to go because you're already thinking about Monday. And maybe you're not even thinking, of, when I say Monday, I mean Tuesday because you have tomorrow off. You're already, thinking, you're already thinking about this coming week and what you have to do and what appointments you got to make and what duties you have to complete and all those. That's where your mind is. It's so far from where God is. Could you imagine if we changed the way we think when we come into church with, with a mindset to worship? Yes. A mindset to say, you know what? I'm not going to be troubled about the things of life today. I'm going to come in and get close to him. I, I repeat that phrase. Come unto me. Come unto me. I'm, man, I'm telling you right now, you're tired, you're worn out. Come unto me. That's what he says. You, you, you don't understand how you're going to pay this bill? Come unto me. That's what that's what he replies to you today. You don't know how how you're going to make this 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 financial uh, uh, type of payment. Come unto me. That's what he's saying. You don't know how you're going to fi finish this pr project. Come unto me. You don't know how you're going to make sure your kid gets here or gets over there. 
come unto me. You don't you don't get how healing is going to happen in your body or in your in your family's body. I wish someone would understand. Come unto me. I, I hope you understand what I'm trying to get to today. You 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 have one job. We have just one single job, and that is to come unto Him to make sure I bring my needs and my hurt and my pain and my bitterness and my struggle. I gotta bring it to Him. There's a, there was a time in, in Israel that they begin to backslide and they, they begin to just walk away from God. And, and Jeremiah says this in 6 and 16. He says, Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? And walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk therein. I, sometimes I feel that way as a pastor who preaches to you. I feel like, man, God lays out his word so clearly. He cries out to us, walk this way. Walk to an altar. Walk to a place where you meet him. Walk to a place where you're comforted. Can, do we know that? Do we know that he's the comforter today? Do we really know and understand that it's, it's only by him and through him that we can feel that rest, that strength, that renewal? Man, I pray just like David, restore the joy of thy salvation. Oh, man, if you're saved today, if, if, if you're, I like how he even says it this, let the redeemed of the Lord, what? Say so. You better talk about it. You better be in agreement with the redeeming of what God's given you. But he lays it out so clearly. If you if you would just walk this way, I, some of us call it old paths. Some of us call it that old, uh, you know, that old, uh, that, that, that old way of thinking. And that old, uh, no, it's right. Right is right. Wrong is wrong. Those things are not just old. They're consistent. They're always there. This world loves to call it the old way. And here God is calling us to go that way. Go the good way. Walk therein and ye will find the rest for your souls. My God, help us as a church. Help us not reply the same way and say, we won't walk therein. Let's all stand today. I don't want to preach long today because I want to truly test God. Can we do that? I, I think about this. I, I'm just going to um, give you insight on, on my point of view. I was, I was talking to my, explaining to my wife um, yesterday uh, the wedding we were at. And I, I said, man, I, I, got, I had the best view in the house. Obviously, as the minister, I got to be right there in the middle, right there at the front. And there was a moment <clears throat> as I was just like an aisle like this. Um, I could see the bride coming from a long distance and everybody in the house was standing up and my my point of view was just was just wow and this is beautiful and I saw the 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 grooms tearing up and starting to cry it was a really pretty scene and 
And I'm watching this whole thing sitting where I'm at. And I, I think it was, I, I know it was just, it was gorgeous. It was beautiful. But I tell you, I have also another point of view as a pastor and a preacher of a church. I get to look out amongst you and see how the word is working on your life. And I can see, it's, it's really evident to me how I can still see that you're unwilling to let go, to exchange your burden for his burden. And I, and I see oh, on your faces, and I'm not trying to be ugly. I see some tired folks out here. I do. I see some people who are worn out and tired and just they're losing sleep because we're just so troubled about things. And I get it. I'm here to tell you, I, I have those moments. I, I still struggle with those moments. I, I question all the time, Lord, God, help me. And every time I get to that place where, I'm, where I don't know the answer, God, he, he, he taps me on my shoulder and he says, just come unto me. Just come unto me. Now, I'll give you that rest. I'll give you a different mindset on how you handle burden. Because I'm going to change the fitment of your yoke. I'm going to make sure that the burden that you're bearing already, it won't feel the same. And the yoke that you have that's weighing and, and giving you sores and giving you exhaustion because it's not, it's just a generic worldly yoke. Let me tell you, I'm going to fit it to your, to your weakness. Man, that's who God is. He fits it to our weakness. And what's beautiful about that is that sometimes I'm as I'm, I'm, I'm super weak and I can't lift a finger. And I there are times where things come against me and I don't know what to do and I don't know how to handle it and I don't know how to carry things. But God says, no, it's okay. I've, I've, I've made your yoke, especially for this moment and for the circumstance and the season you're going through. And I speak that to this church today. He knows your circumstances. He knows your need. He knows the burden you bear. And I'm, I just, I'm asking you as a church today, why don't we, on this Labor Day weekend, exchange our burdens to God? Would you do that? This altar is wide open. What a great time to come unto Him. Come unto, if you've got weariness, Come on, come unto him. I, I, I did my best to preach to you. Get it to you. Got one job, and that, that job is simply to draw closer to him. Let him, let him take off that yoke. Let him answer that need. Let him change the definitions in your mind. Let him encourage you and breathe strength in you. That's it. Come on, exchange it over to him. Lift your hands and surrender and say, God, I can't do this any longer. I can't keep this pace up any longer. I don't know how I'm going to meet this need or I don't know how I'm going to raise this child. I, I don't know how my marriage is going to get through this. I, I don't know. I don't know. But God, I know you're real. I know you're here. And God, take it away from me. God, hallelujah. That's it. That's it. Hallelujah. Work with, pray with someone. Pray for yourself. Hallelujah. Cast off those cares. Come on. Cast them on him. He cares for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you were encouraged by this message, 
and you would like to connect with Ephesus Church, or you would like to get in contact with the leadership of this church, please visit EphesusChurch.com. Thank you for being a part 